I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. Hey, how you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Good. Well, you know who's been in the news recently, Gary, for an NBA all-time top 10 list? Dr. J. A name from the past. And when I looked at his list, I said, boy, this would be a, this would be a good topic to have on our podcast. But also, Gary, you know, maybe a few weeks before, Shaquille O'Neal came out with his list, but he couldn't do 10. He, he ended up doing 11. But, and he did his a little differently. He had the top, the starting five or the top five, and then he had the, the, the next six. And he also included himself in one of them. Um, uh, Dr. J did not include himself, but uh, <laughs> Shaq did. I thought that was rather interesting. Not that he should not have. I mean, Shaq is definitely in the, in most people's conversation, when you look at the top 15, top 20, top 25, maybe top 10 NBA players of all time. So I, I don't no hate out there for you, Shaq. Um, after all, Gary, you had a chance to uh, meet with Shaquille O'Neal many years ago at, at his mom's birthday party down in Florida. Uh, great guy. A very, very uh, down-to-earth individual. And, uh, you yeah, know, we, we enjoyed our time when we were – we were down in Florida, I think it was Orlando, uh, meeting with some of the, and well, a lot of NBA players and also football players were, were there because Shaq has a lot of friends. He has a lot of friends in the sports world. So, Gary, what do you think? Dr. J and Shaq, and look at their two lists and compare and make our comments or disagree, agree? Well, well, yeah, we'll start. Uh, well, first of all, I think both lists are terrible, but I understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I understand a Dr. J's list a lot more as we get into it for the, for the listeners who may not know um, his list. It makes more sense than Shaq's list. Um, you know, I think this is why, you know, as a uh, as a quote unquote viewer of these type of lists and and of the media. You have to be very careful because, as you'll see in both these lists and even in other lists, I just want to say this real quick that I found out, uh, you know, over the last few weeks that a lot of that every single media person, at least most of them, have a connection with LeBron James. Even you know, we, <laughs> I found out that Chris Broussard used to report on LeBron James early in his career, oh, which, wow. would, which would make it uh, very clear why he has LeBron James second all time on his list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not here to, you know, to, you know, debate that that's irrelevant at this uh, current point, um, you know, in this current time. But the truth is, is that everyone has a little bit of a bias. Mm-hmm. So when you look at these lists, you know, you got to find a way to look at it um, and understand and, and kind of understand why they put these people on their list. And in the case of, of uh, Julius Irving, I don't believe, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong. He did not list his uh, 10, 9, 8, all the way down to 1. I think he just listed the top, his top 10 without putting them in any particular well, he separ- order. 
Well, well, he I separated think he them. One guy he separated them. Number 10. Go, go ahead. Right. He separated them from his five, his two fives. He separated the two. Um, you know, the you know his first five are mainly got watch play, um, you know, and kind of develop his game off of. And then kind of his second five were guys that he played against um, as, you know, at, in one form or another. And I think that's what got a lot of people um, up and armed, especially the guys who were born in, in, in 85 and, and younger, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, wait, where's this guy? Where's this guy? And even though, you know, he said on his, uh, you know, on the interview that he put his list out on, that he's not putting guys in that haven't finished their career. They still got all upset. So, you know, I, you know, he did a better job to me on his list because he actually explained his list. It made mm-hmm. more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can get into the list right now. Okay. And I, and I like the fact that he is not looking at any of the players who are currently playing. I think that is a better... Uh, way of looking at your, your all-time top 10, Gary, uh, to let it kind of play out. I know we just did one not too long ago with international players, and many of them were are still playing. I know, I know, I know. But I think that when you look at the large number of players, of outstanding players to draw from, going back to the 60s, in which Dr. J did go back to the 60s, um, you know, it's, that's a long period of time. So why not cut it off somewhere? Even when we did our top, we did about the top 50 uh, a couple of years back, Gary. And um, we may refresh that, um, I don't know, soon. Um, you know, we also cut it off because we did not have players who had not played at least a certain number of years. So I, I think that you do have to have some type of cutoff point. So I, I, I admire Dr. J for doing it that way. I think it makes it a little bit, a lot easier. We actually segmented ours from players who played from the 60s through 1990, and then a whole group of individuals who played from 1990 until the a certain point in the 21st century, not uh, maybe five, seven years uh, prior to uh, where we are today. So Dr. J's list, uh, he had Jerry West. And once again, I don't think he had any order other than having Nate Archibald number 10. Uh, but I think the first five were Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Elton Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. And I, and I I agree with you, Gary. I don't think he played against any one of those individuals, possibly Oscar during his latter years. Cause let me think now it's possible he played against Oscar, but I no, sorry. He probably played yeah. against Chamberlain in his latter years as well. He probably played against West too. Cause Dr. J I think started in 1974, 70. Yeah. I think he started playing in 74, 75. So he he played against all of these guys, but he, you know, obviously he was he was just getting started, and these guys were on their way. So his first year um, in the NBA, can remember he was in the ABA. His first year oh, in the NBA was nineteen seventy six. So now all those guys were retired before he got into the NBA officially. Oh, they were. They, those five guys were retired. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And then his next five would be uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Carl Malone. The mailman, uh, Magic Johnson, or I should say Irvin, the Magic Man Johnson, uh, and then obviously uh, I may have gotten that wrong because Michael, I'm sure ranked a lot higher. <laughs> Michael, no, no. He did not. So how he, no, how he did oh, it ahead. was. And then Nate Archibald, go ahead. Yes, yes. How he did it was he 
Uh, he said his best five was Bill Russell, Walt Chamberlain, Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. He said that's my all-time best team. He said everybody mm-hmm. else goes on the second and third team. And then, as you just mentioned, uh, Kareem, Michael, Magic, Carl uh, Malone, and Nate Archibald are the second-team players. So that's how he did it. He, so mm-hmm. basically he did it based off of the guys that he grew up watching and then the guys that – he played against that he admired, in my opinion. I was surprised that Larry Bird not on that list. Obviously, that fist fight they had when they were playing, I guess, <laughs> shows clearly that they weren't the greatest of friends. So it doesn't really surprise me too much. You know, Gary, I was going to point that out as well. You beat me to the pun. Oh, excuse me for that pun, folks. But you beat me to that one, Gary. I, I was going to say, where is Oh, That's why. <laughs> but I also... I'm jumping over to Shaq's list, and I shouldn't do that because we're just talking about Irving's list. But he left off Larry Bird, too. I mean, these guys. Larry Bird was the greatest white player to ever play the game, period. Okay? In my estimation, you're in no discussion. By far, the best white player to ever play the game. Jerry West, outstanding player, and I love him to death as well. But Larry Bird, because of the championships and the, and just the way he played and changed the game, I would rank him as number one. I I, I do have Jerry West within view of of Larry Bird, but uh, I have Larry Bird as a, as the clear best white player to ever play the game. Right. That's you know that's my we personal. Both agree. We both oh, agree on that point. Okay. But but when it comes to these lists, race is not a factor. It's more about how great of a player they, uh, they were. And before we get into uh, Shaq's list, there's a reason why Shaq has his list the way that it's set up. But just sticking with, uh, you know, sticking with one list here and sticking on Dr. J's list, um, do you feel like if if someone had that top five, you know, would you be uh, insulted by that? And the reason why I'm asking you is because you've watched all five of those players play. And, you know, you and, 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 and Julius Irvin kind of, you know, even though he was a little bit before, uh, you know, before you, you watched the same players. How do you feel about that top five list? Well, Gary, I, I think that it's an outstanding top five. I, I feel strongly about Will Chamberlain. I feel strongly about Bill Russell being in, the, in a top ten. I'm not sure exactly – where I would have them as far as the overall top top 10, as far as the top five. I'm not sure whether or not they would make my top five, but they would be damn close, I'll tell you that. Elgin Baylor, you know, obviously I had a relationship with him since he uh, was heading up the New Orleans Jazz when, when I came out of college and I I was a free agent for the New Orleans Jazz, and he, was cut, and he cut me, so I, I had a chance to. <laughs> I think the world of him, even though he cut me, but I think the world of him is one of the, greatest players to ever play the game. He, he revolutionized the game as well by his uh, leaping ability. And he was only 6'5 or so. And he, he had he led the country in rebounding as a college player and was one of the better rebounders in the NBA and a prolific scorer. So um, you look at Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, they probably averaged around 27 points a game in, the, in their overall career. And that's an outs- that's a mark that not many players even today are going to reach. Okay, you get to say Durant. You could, you could say potentially LeBron, but it's it's uh, it's it's a very high watermark to, to hit that that level, and they average that. He and Jerry West, 
Oscar, no one now dominated the game more than Oscar Robertson, even though he never had a good uh, group of players around him. But he was getting 30 points a game and, 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 and 10 rebounds and 10 assists. It was so common. They even talk about it. It wasn't even a big deal. I'm talking about 30, 10, 10, not just double, not to just, just the triple double. He was averaging around 30 points a game for most of his, his, his NBA career until the latter days. And so those three guys, when, when you talked about basketball prior to, to let's say 1985 or 1990, you know, those, those guys were by far the top five players in the NBA period. And there's no question about it. Those five guys were head and shoulders over everyone else. So, but Gary, you know, you can't, I have, I have one more question on this list. Um, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind, because there's a lot of players, you know, like I said, that, that are really guys that played in the two thousands, you know, the last generation of players that really, you know, jumped on, uh, Dr. J's list. Uh, you know, how do you feel personally about, you know, these players jumping on the players from the 60s and 70s? Because they well, really do it a lot. badly about that, Gary, because yeah. for two, three, many reasons. One is uh, the league wouldn't be what the league is without these guys. They, they were such legends. Jerry, Jerry West is the logo. Oscar Robinson always had some problems with the press, but, was, but, but so didn't get the glory that he really deserved, nor did Elgin Baylor. Uh, Bill Russell won, so he got a lot of lot of attention. But people could say, "Well, he didn't score that much. He didn't do this that much." And Will Chamberlain always got psyched out by Bill Russell, so you know, it kind of took diminish his his level of uh, of stardom. But when a guy averages fifty points a game, I mean, it's that that's like ridiculous points. You know, forty points a game. You know, you, you just don't hear of that today. You'll never hear of that again in, in, in the history of basketball. You never hear, never hear, but hear a person averaging 50 points a game like Will Chamberlain did. And no one's going to win as many championships as Bill Russell. So I, I think that they um, they forget that these guys got them there. And the sad part of it is, Gary, that, that, that many of these individuals, all of these individuals, um, didn't make nearly the salary that these guys are making today. And they, they the, these individuals, the pl- players who are making a zillion dollars today couldn't hold their sneakers. I mean, I, in my estimation, many of them could not even begin to to um, to be able to go through what these players went through during during their time in the NBA, so I think it's very unfortunate and, and very disrespectful that that players of today in the 21st century would would speak disparagingly or do not give the proper attention and glory to these players. I would ask them: You score 50 points a game. Now they're going to rationalize. Well, you know the ball is and this is because no, you score 50 points a game. Okay, you do it. You get twenty five pounds a game. You do it, and then when you do it, then come back and talk about Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. Okay, you do, you do it, you do it. You get twenty seven points a game, fifteen rebounds a game. You do it, you do it. None of them can. None of them can. You score thirty points every single game, every single year, and get ten rebounds and ten assists every single year. You do it. I'm, I, I challenge any of them. They can't. And they're making a zillion dollars a year. And they can't hold, as I said, they couldn't, they couldn't hold these guys' sneakers. They couldn't do any, they couldn't do what I just mentioned, Bill Russell, Brooke Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Oscar Rock, none of them could come close to doing it. And they have the nerve to say, oh, well, you know, this, this, this. same basket, 10 feet high, 
many of the, you know, they're the same. In fact, you had hand checking guys. You didn't have a chance to do the, or someone put their hand on you. Oh, it's a foul. Or someone would look at you and you fall down. No, it was not, none of that BS. These guys play basketball the hard way. They, they took their, their, their hits. They blocked out no fouls. They had a hand on you throughout the entire time you had the ball. I know because that was my era of basketball. And it was hard to get around someone who's, who, who may weigh about 235 and 6'6", and, and he's he gently has a little hand that looks like he just has it leaning on you. No, that's a lot of, just a lot of strength on you. So, These guys, I think that they're, they're um, you know, they're very fortunate to be in their positions. I hope they all realize that every each and every day. But they cannot begin to think about how great these individuals were in comparison to themselves because they can't match up, period. I know I've been saying period too often, so I'm going to take that out. Michael Jordan, that's a different situation now. Now we're getting into a different area. Oh, it's, it's well, well, let me interrupt you because I don't want to get into that. That's not the point that I'm okay, you know, that I'm trying to get to. And I want to tie this into, you know, tie this not so we can get to Shaq's list. But yeah. basically what I want to touch on and the importance of it is average 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists is Russell Westbrook since Oscar Robinson. But the main uh, thing is is that a lot of these players, it's not hey, that they don't... Let me interrupt for one second. And that was the ugliest. If he did average 30, 10, 10, I know he had a triple-double. I'm not sure if he averaged 30 points a game, though. He Whatever he did to get his triple-double, it was ugly. It was ugly. Oscar, it was smooth. It was smooth. It was just with the flow of the game. Just the flow of the game. That's how he did his. It wasn't jerking up and running down, jumping up and down, throwing the ball up in the ocean. throwing. It. No, it was none of that nonsense that we see from, from Russell Westbrook, which is sometimes circus-like because he just runs down the court, runs around. No, that's not basketball. That's being a track star. That's, that's what he – and he is. He's a great athlete. But he can't shoot. He can't throw the ball in the ocean. Oscar shot over 50%. From the from the field, he shot 85 percent from his free throw line. Can you do that, Westbrook? No. Well, so that season, it, it, well, real quick, absolute joke that these guys would want to speak in a negative or disparaging way toward these five legends that I, that that Irving, Dr. J, pointed out as being his top five of players that, that he admired when he was playing. I admired them too. I'm not as old as as, as Dr. J, but I admired these five guys too because. What they did, did I know at the time it would never be seen again? No, I didn't know it at the time that it would never be seen again, but it's never been seen again, okay? <laughs> what Chamberlain did, what Russell did, what Oscar did, it's never been seen again and, and, and never will be seen again. And then when I was in Baylor and Jerry West playing on the same team, putting up those kind of points, two guys on the same team averaging tw- a career average of 27 points a game, and guess what they both did? They played for one team their entire career. Uh, yeah, let me say that again. They played for the same team for their entire career, and they one scored 27 points a game for his career. The other scored about 27 points a game. <laughs> That's, you're not going to see that again. Sorry, Steph and Thompson, Clay. You, you guys don't do it either. Not every, not for five, ten years. You guys can't. You guys cannot do that for ten years. You may do it for one or two. Okay, fine. You're not doing it for like 10 years, okay? So t- t- just cut it out. 
cut it out. You, you don't compare as far as as far as what these individuals were able to accomplish. And this was a time in which, you know, you weren't being catered to by the press as much as the, the current NBA players are being catered to today. Okay, so so real quick, just you know, cause again, I want to get off this get off this topic, but the main thing is just just for you know to defend Russell Westbrook to prove a point here. Uh, that season, he won the MVP in 2016, 2017. He did shoot poorly from the from the field at 42 percent, 42.5 percent, but he shot 84 percent from the free throw line that year, and averaged 31 six points a game, 10.4. Uh, assists and 10.7 rebounds again. That was his first year when mm-hmm. Kevin Durant left the team. So switching uh, topics here to get to uh, Shaq's list, which which I think Shaq's list is is actually um, you know it's it's even more biased because he starts off by saying that Magic and Kobe are basically the two best players that ever play the game, and have, and have Michael on the second team. Uh, we know why he had. Magic and Kobe on the first team, they're Lakers. Mm-hmm. Know, LeBron's a Laker, you know. You know, so we're aware of that, and and you know, Shaq is gonna put himself there as the best center because that's what he believes. And you know, for the for four years, he was the most dominant player in NBA history, regardless of how you feel. You know, the refereeing was at that time, but we know he's not better than Kareem, uh, you know, Abdul Jabbar, and you know, no matter what it is, only Shaq and Skip Bayless believes that, mm-hmm. but. You know, uh, the list, you know, I, I appreciate Shaq giving love to Allen Iverson, but he doesn't belong, to, you know, he doesn't deserve to be on that list, in my in my personal opinion, not that high on the list. Um, you know, so I think Shaq's list is, is very interesting. I think a lot of media members got upset that Tim Duncan wasn't on the list, and they put Carl Malone on the list um, over him. But mm-hmm. if you actually... Uh, break it down and think about it, and, and this may be something that we should look at um, in the future. We should look at how many years Tim Duncan actually played the power forward position. Mm-hmm. And when you actually break that down and look at it, yeah, he won two MVPs playing the power forward position. So, you know, that's self-explanatory. You know, and he won two championships playing the power forward position. But he actually played a good amount of years at the center spot as well. So that didn't really bother me as much. But, um, you know, Oh, and, I'll, and also, Carl Malone played for the Lakers, and he played with Shaq. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, it was very clear that Shaq's list was even more biased than Dr. J's list. But how did you feel about Shaq's list overall? Well, Garrett, before we get to Shaq's list, and I, I will answer that, you know, I, I just pulled up uh, Oscars Robertson. I know I'm being a tech <laughs> horse, but... Uh, it, it does irritate me when some of these guys get on their high horse about about uh, the players from the from the past, the players who played in the sixties and seventies, and and you know you look at you look at Oscar's numbers, Gary. He he went there was a period of time, and I'll remind me of your question. His first his first year at NBA, he averaged thirty point five points a game and basically 10, 10 rebounds and assists. His second year in the NBA, thirty point eight points a game, twelve rebounds a game. 11 assists a game. The next year, 28.3. And then he had five years. No, I'm sorry, four years of over 30 points a game and over 10, over 11 assists a game. And shooting always, his shooting percentage from the, from the free throw line was about 85%. And his overall shooting percentage for his career was almost 50%. 
yeah so it's it's just um no 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 comparison there's no comparison and the lack of respect that he gets is is really really does bother me but yeah you know, moving on unless you want to make another comment on that i'll get get into Shaq's list uh we'll talk about oscar robinson on another show okay okay before we get to before we go to, to Shaq's list i i must say that it was i don't know why um um, Dr. J showed so much love toward Nate Tiny Archibald. I, I, I liked Tiny Archibald, but to have him on any lists of this stature, this high, you know, I... I well, that well must... there's, a reason, there's a reason for that, because at that time, uh, Dr. J was in his prime when Nate Archibald, be, uh, you know, led the league in scoring and assists. You know, yeah, that, but, was, that said, was Dr. J's Prime, prime. Yeah, in 19, you know, I understand why that happened. Yeah, in 1973, he was unstoppable. In fact, uh, I think um, some magazine, basketball magazine, had him MVP. Not the the league didn't have him MVP, but one of the one of the major outlets had him as the NBA MVP. He averaged 34 points a game and 11.4 assists a game in 1973, and so he uh, he led the league in scoring and in assists, which you don't, you don't see that that often. And he was a three-time first team all NBA now Nate Archibald and second team two uh, two times as well. Um uh, but he only made the all-star team about six times. But you know, he was he was a very good player. Now so I, I do uh have a little exception to that individual being on Dr. J's uh, top ten list. Now I would have placed Bird on there. We know he wouldn't do that. Or I would have placed Kurt Kobe on that. But you know, I don't know why he left him off either. But um because he never, you know, never played against them. But beginning to uh, Shaq's list, Gary, I, I think that I think that his his top five. I agree with you. Is basically the Lakers. Okay, <laughs> what do all these guys have in common? Um, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Shaquille O'Neal. They're all Lakers. <laughs> okay, they all play for the Lakers. And then, oh yeah, Michael. So what do those guys have in common? Four to five, they're all Lakers, and so um, it's being biased. It's understandable. I have, you know, that it's his list. I, uh, you know, feel a little badly that he has Kareem so low. Low, and if you, you know, talking about Lakers, uh, I think that he should definitely be uh, much much higher and should be given a little more love as well. And and I, I'm happy that. Dr. J gave Kareem more more love, have him on his on his team. I'm, I think that for what Kareem had, has done for basketball, yeah, it, to not recognize him in, in the same breath, in my estimation, as Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Kareem they should be in the same breath, as far as I'm concerned. Championship wise, you know, Kareem did everything he, he everything he could do. MVP wise, he did everything he could do. Scoring wise, he did everything he could do. And he uh, was a great defensive center as well. So I think that from when you look at Russell Chamberlain, you know, Kareem did what Bill Russell could not do, score. And Kareem did what Bill Russell could not, what Will Chamberlain could not do, win championships. So, you know, he he should be definitely mentioned and given more love uh, than both individuals have given him. Now, I... I, uh, I'm troubled by the fact that he does mix a lot of the current players in, in this list, but that's his, you know, once again, his prerogative. I, I don't really give Carl Malone as much uh, respect as these guys would. I I just don't. And, and uh, you know, obviously yeah. he's one of the top scorers of all time, but 
I, I don't see that. And I don't really, I just don't like Isaiah Thomas. So I wouldn't have him on, on any list in the top 10 e- either. Does he have the stats? Yeah, he's a three-time All-NBA first team, two-time second team, uh, won two two NBA titles, um, 12-time All-Star, won the assist title in 85. You know, there's no question that Isaiah Thomas has the stats to be among one of the top 10, 20, 25 players in the, in the NBA, but he would never be on, never be all that highly rated on my list. So, those two guys, I, I, I do have a, a problem with. Um, Tim Duncan, I respect his achievements, so I, would, I, I don't see why anyone would disrespect him. He, he, don't like the way he played, but you got to respect his achievements. And obviously, Steph Curry is uh, is revolutionized one of the players who revolutionized the game. And I and I have tremendous love for Iverson. You know, he averaged twenty six points a game, twenty six point three points a game in his, for his career. Uh, carried some very very um, poor uh, 76er teams and 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 I think he gives he was given the raw deal during the latter part of his career. I, I like Iverson and I always will. I think he's one of the best small men to ever play the game. Pair, you know, without any question whatsoever, and that that includes um, you know, every 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 era. Whether you're, whether you're looking at the Archibalds or, the, or I should go back to Bob Cousy's of the world, all the way through. I don't think there's a six foot six one guy. Who played the game? But who played the game better than than Allen Iverson? So, uh, you know, I agree with you. But first off, Carl Malone, um, you know, he, you know, um, he deserves to be somewhere in the top 15, 15 along with Isaiah Thomas, uh, because of what they were able to do. And, and let's not forget, obviously, you know, we know Carl Malone is now third all time on the all time scoring list, but mm-hmm. he's also first all time in free throws attempted. And, you know, so you know he, uh, you know, in his career average is twenty five points, you know, and ten rebounds a game, and he played eighty two games most of his career. So he did. He you know, did. Uh, yeah, you know, he was he was obviously very durable, and you know he was very very uh, reliable, and he, you know he was a good big man shooter as well. And also, you got to remember this as well. And you know, like we mentioned, you know, like I mentioned, Carl Malone, and also played for the Lakers. And Shaq oh, yeah. feels like feels like if Carl Malone and this is honestly true, if Carl Malone was healthy for that 2004 Finals against the Detroit Pistons, they win that series because Carl Malone was playing really well for the Lakers at that time. He tore his hamstring up and he couldn't play. And also in the 90s, uh, during those two years where the Utah Jazz played the Chicago Bulls in the NBA Finals, they beat the Lakers in both playoff runs. They swept them in both playoff runs. And Carl Malone was a big, you know, was a big, big component why that, um, that happened because he was just toying with, you know, whoever the Lakers' power forward was. Um, so I understand why Carl Malone is that high on Shaq's list. Shaq just chose all Lakers, which, you know, the media loves it because they love the Lakers. So the fact that he mentioned all Lakers is fantastic. Uh, but I want to go back just real oh, quick. One last thing on that, Gary. And once again, his omission of Larry Bird, I think, is unfortunate. Well... Okay. Well, again, you got to understand why he didn't put Larry Bird on the list because Shaq, um, when Shaq started watching basketball, Larry Bird was out of his prime, mm-hmm. so he didn't really, you know, in, embrace Larry Bird the way that that others do. You know, Shaq is just a little bit after the prime of Larry Bird because Larry Bird's prime was in the mid, you know, was in the mid eighties, and yeah, you know, Shaq, you know, Shaq you know, missed that time period. No, no, why again, he has magic on the list is because he was a Laker 
and he understood the magnitude of what Magic Johnson meant to the Lakers. You know, mm-hmm. so it, if you know Shaq did play for the Lakers, I mean for the Celtics, but as Charles said, you know he, he heard himself running, you know, running up and down the court. And Larry Bird never goes to Boston, so he never really got the uh, the same effect. But you know, I agree with you, Larry Bird. Yeah, I, I would boot off but, Isaiah Thomas would get the boot for me, and and, and well, he would have a list of ten. Or no, but also would have to get the boot because he has a, his list currently is eleven. That's right. Well, also respect you know to respect to Isaiah Thomas, there was um, you know in the late '80s when the Pistons were winning championships, he didn't make first team All NBA, and I believe they gave it to Mark Price and John Stockton, and Isaiah Thomas was better than both of them. So it was a little bit of, you know, the media also didn't like him as well, why he probably didn't get more um, accolades. But, you know, I agree with you that, he, you know, that Isaiah Thomas does not belong on the top 10 list. He's a top 15 player, um, you know, in my opinion. But real quick, I want to go back to this guy. I just saw this. And, you know, this is the point on that I was making. And I think, you know, as uh, – the NBA does a terrible job at this. And I think Adam Silver needs to do a better job. You know, kind of think the NFL does a little bit better job when it comes to their um, older players. Obviously, baseball does a great job with it. With it, but Trey, you know, I saw that Trey Young posted something about Dr. J's list, basically saying that, that this list is fake because of all the guys that he left off of the list. So it's just you know, there's a complete age gap when it comes to the NBA. They disrespect a lot of their legends, and it's sad. Um, and I think it's it really starts with the sports media. They don't go back, you know, to before 1980, or better yet, if you you know if you played anybody before Michael Jordan, they don't really go back to. Uh-huh. And it really kind of hurt the image of these players because they'll just say, well, they didn't play against anybody. You know, they played against you know guys who were six two. You know, and he's a seven six nine center. You know, they you know they make all these stories which we know is not true. But that's what they try to do to diminish these players because they because they look at a lot of their numbers and be like no one's ever going to be able to do those numbers because they're playing against guys that shouldn't be in the NBA anyway. That's how they look at it. We and, know that's yeah, not true. And it's just the opposite. If there's if there's only that, I'll just throw out a number. If there's only a hundred NBA players, and you got the hundred best players in the in the in the country in the world playing basketball. That's more competitive. Than having the best 400 NBA players playing basketball, so they don't want to understand that the league. Well, has been, were- the league. Let me for one, for one second. The league has been diluted, Gary, tremendously. If you're on Orlando, you're the last guy in the Orlando on the Orlando team. You aren't n- number one. You probably shouldn't be in the NBA. You wouldn't be in the NBA if you were playing in the 80s. You would not be in the NBA. Every player on the worst teams of NBA today. The last four players on that those NBA teams would not be playing basketball professionally. Oh, they'll be playing professionally. They'll be playing in Europe. And I'm telling you, the worst, the bad, the worst, the number, the last player on every NBA team, maybe the last two players on almost every single NBA team today, because we got too many of them, will be playing in Europe. They would not make the NBA. That's what they don't want to understand. None of their announcers want to want to, want to grapple with that. Well, you know the league is so much, but no, it's not. It's been diluted. So you go play these guys. You got three guys who, who play on the team who are really good players. The other two are all right. <laughs> you know, they're just all right. No, it, the, the bottom line of it is because there's too damn many of them. You got thirty something teams. You didn't have that back in the seventies. 
you got 15 players on 30-something teams. So it's it's easier. To, number one, it's easier to make them. Now, granted, there are more because of the dollars that you can make as an NBA player. You have everybody, every parent, <laughs> every every parent in, in, in certain communities have their kids bouncing in basketball. Yeah, so you do have a lot of people trying to be NBA basketball players, far more than there were in, in, in the past. Granted, I hear, I hear you. But the bottom line of it is there are far more opportunities in the NBA today than there were in the 1970s and 1980s. They have to face that fact because the numbers do not lie. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.